right. So standing by to join us up next is author John Alcock, author of 40 Things I Wish I'd Told My Kids, Mindful Messages About Success, Happiness, Leather, Pickles, and the Use and Misuse of Imagination. He's standing by to join us. Hi, John. Hello. I had to stop and go, wait, leather, pickles? (laughs) (laughs) Am I reading this right? (laughs) (laughs) So... How did you come up with the title of that, this book? Well, the, the main title mm-hmm. um, came because um, I was in a challenging time in my life, and I turned to mindfulness, uh, uh, study of it, practice of it, went to 30 or so seminars and retreats and read a hundred books on the subject. And I couldn't find one that I wanted to give to my kids that, that kind of summarized what I was learning. Mm -hmm. So starting on Father's Day of 2009 in a London hotel, uh, I started writing emails to my kids. And over a couple of years, the emails collected up to a couple of hundred. They forwarded them to a bunch of their friends and said, your dad should write a book. So I did. That is great. (laughs) Wait, you said you're going through something. You mean you're going through a funk? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, yes, exactly. Definitely. Yeah, I was going through a divorce and the challenges oh. associated with it. And, yeah. um, and, and so I, I turned to this mindfulness study, which is, you know, not common in the West, or it certainly wasn't back then in the late 90s. Right. Um, and, um, and so that's how the book came about. Okay. Now, you're co-founder of Sea Change uh, Pre- Preparatory, a school yes. that incorporates mindfulness into its curriculum. That sounds like something that's unique. Yes, it's, uh, it, it, uh, my wife and I founded the school. She had run a school for many, many years uh, very successfully. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we, we kind of changed the focus a little bit and incorporated mindfulness in it. Um, it it's not unique. There are other schools that are, that are using it uh, across the country. Um, I think we're on the forefront of how we incorporate it into uh, essentially all aspects of the curriculum and the program. Uh, it's, it's really exciting. So it sounds like some of your concepts, you, don't really, you shouldn't really wait till later in life to introduce mindfulness. You should start when kids are younger. Look, um, this morning at 7 in the morning, I gathered uh, with a, a bunch of kids, mm-hmm. uh, the oldest of which is 17, uh, the youngest of which I think is 11 or 12, uh, sat in a circle and um, got these kids to focus their attention uh, on their breath uh, for 8 or 10 minutes, um, releasing the sound of the train noise, releasing the internal stories that would otherwise distract them, getting them to improve their concentration, um, after which they jumped into the open ocean and swam an hour. Where are you? Uh, Where are you located? Uh, San Diego, uh, the school is in Del Mar, which is a beachside community just north of uh, San Diego. It, it's basically San Diego. Wow. I'm thinking with the time changes, kids must have been tired. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. It's 7 in the morning. Uh, they're yeah. sitting in a circle training their concentration and attention. It's really important because people don't realize, adults, I don't think, realize, kids are under a lot of stress these days. These days. A lot of stress and a lot of distractions. Right. I mean, if you just think of how much time our kids, and 
and if we are honest with ourselves, ourselves, mm-hmm. how much time we spend looking at our cell phone, looking at um, kind of silly things on the Internet, uh, watching uh, endlessly repeating news stories, uh, most of which run in our heads after we stop watching them on TV. Yes. If you, if you just add up all the time that we spend on that and instead could focus it on swimming in the ocean or mm-hmm. studying calculus or doing whatever else can move our lives forward, yes. um, what, 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 a, what more advances can we make in our life if we um, reduce the, the distractions? Well, you're quieting the brain because our brains are all over the place and that we're bombarded, especially kids. Absolutely. And we think, you know, that, that we think our brain is sort of like the uh, Captain Kirk's deck on the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> that We think we control uh, the thoughts in our head just like Captain Kirk controlled the people on the deck. Mm-hmm. And it's not that way at all. I mean, all kinds of thoughts get generated and get popped into our head, and we have no control over that. But what we do have control over is which ones we pay attention to. That's true. And which ones we, we, we um, attach to and which ones we keep our focus on. Um, we always have that choice um, if we exercise. Oh, exercise is so important, even if it's just a walk. I do it every day. Yep, yep. It's a big part of the sea change experience. Uh, mindfulness, uh, super high-quality academic program, and a super high-quality physical exercise program focused on um, doing amazing uh, open ocean swimming. So you take kids that have never been picked for a sports team in their lives mm-hmm. and get them on the NBC Nightly News uh, for Swim in the English Channel, um, each and every one did it. Whoa. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Um, it's absolutely amazing what, what you can do um, when you, <laughs> no pun intended, put your mind to it. Well, so what about a kid that's nervous to go into that ocean and do that? How do you get them through that? Look, uh, nervousness and fear uh, are a huge impediment to uh, people in our culture. We, we live in a culture that's driven by anxiety and fear. And 99% of it arises from a misuse of our imagination. That's part of the title of the book. Mm-hmm. Most of the things we fear uh, and worry about never happen. Oh, yes. And they exist solely in our imagination. And so we get these kids to release the fearful thoughts. Uh, I mean, on a recent swim, uh, we had to start at 2 in the morning. Um, in 40 miles off the coast of uh, California. What? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Kids jump in, swim an hour uh, in the total darkness, um, and they got to conquer their fear. Um, Next time they go for a job interview, that job interview isn't that fearful. Um, They conquered a much greater fear. Um, And it's it's all in our minds. Uh, The reality of the situation is um, that we can do many things. Uh, and we're inhibited uh, by kind of uh, uh, overemphasis <clears throat> on safety. <laughs> and, well, and, well, excuse me one sec, John. At 2 in the morning, I don't think you're going to convince me because all I could think of was sharks. Oh, absolutely. So how do you protect, how do you get these kids in the mindset of, yeah, I am going to be okay? 
Yeah, well, the reality of the situation is no one has died from a shark bite in the open ocean in the last decade. That's the reality of the situation. You're much more likely uh, to be killed driving on your way to work in a car accident um, than running into a shark encounter in the open ocean. That's the truth of the situation. And so your fear is in your imagination. Your fear is uh, all in your mind. And so you just get the uh, (laughs) mindfulness allows you to feel the fear, investigate its source, and release the fear when the fear is not based upon reality, uh, but based upon our imagination. And so we're, we're big at releasing fear. Well, I have to say Jaws didn't help me. (laughs) <laughs> of course, it's all in your imagination. I mean, forget it. That yep. that messed me up completely. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so tell me more uh, about the book. Well, the book is forty short chapters. Um, each one uh, is dealing with a particular either technique of using mindfulness or object of mindfulness. So, for example, uh, one of the chapters is You Make Me Mad as a Fantasy. And so uh, we run around the world saying, uh, this traffic makes me mad, or this person saying this thing makes me mad, as if we're an anger machine, that if people press a button, they get anger uh, popping out. Mm -hmm. When the truth of the matter is, when you're in uh, traffic on the way to work, and you start getting frustrated and mad, um, you have a choice. Your choice is to realize the truth of the situation, which is in your comfortable, comfortable vehicle with more radio stations than you've ever had in the history of the world right. that is totally comfort-controlled. Uh, they get to listen to your show for the next few more minutes rather than uh, being in a stinky office. You bet. Um, it's not that bad of a situation, right? Right. But instead, our minds go, oh, why did the government not put a wider road? Why is all these people on the road in front of me? When all of that stuff is non-productive, um, and it causes your morning to be to start off terribly. It's all in our head. Yeah. Um, that so sense. that's that's one example. But the, the chapters are are designed to be able to uh, look at, and it'll kind of hit home. Uh, I think uh, to to uh, most people, and in, in particular, people that are parents. Uh, and grandparents. Right. You know, I'm thinking back, I was sharing something with my daughter. We were talking about public speaking, and I hated it when I was younger. I still don't love it. But I remember being really nervous in high school, and my best friend would look at me like, what? Who is this person? I would get up there and shake. And later on, I took these acting classes that helped me get me out of my shell and made me laugh. And I feel like you just have to kind of push yourself and just try it a little and you know, change your mindset because we have all these expectations that we're going to get up there and we're going to flop. It's one of the five greatest fears. In any survey done in any place in the world, cross-culturally anywhere, it's identified as one of the five greatest fears right after death. I mean, think about that for a minute. Yeah. Um, And it's it's totally a releasable fear. At Sea Change, um, twice a semester... Each student has to come to school dressed in a professional dress-up. So boys in a suit, girls in a very dressed-up business-like outfit. 
mm-hmm. and do a presentation to the entire school, including their parents, um, on the current state of their effort with respect to one of their main subjects that they're working on. And then they get graded by the students and the teachers on their presentation, and they have to create an interactive part of the presentation where they interact with the audience. That happens twice a semester starting at age 10. By the time these kids graduate, I went to Harvard Law School, by the time they graduate... These kids are better speakers than most of the people I graduated with. Oh, I bet. I bet, you know, because you do have to start young. Because once you get that insecure feeling about public speaking, it doesn't go away. It gets worse. That's right. That's right. It's just one of many fears that we have um, that are totally unjustified, totally in our imagination. But, look, our imagination is very real. I mean, it's as real as anything else. Uh, (laughs) So... Uh, dealing with it is the is the challenge. Do you deal with kids who've had trauma, like helping them through that? Yeah, I mean, a number of the kids, um, some kids have um, are on the scale, the autism scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, some kids um, have ADHD. Uh, some kids have had various challenges. But from our point of view, um, every kid has a set of challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, some are arguably more what our culture would look at severe, and, and others are just challenges. Um, but when you really look at it, it's all challenges. Um, that's all they are. They're not problems. They're just challenges uh, designed to be put in our way to allow us to have a more beneficial learning experience. That's right. another way to look at a problem. <laughs> sure, and, sure. And, and so that's, what we, that's the approach that we try to take. Um, and mindfulness is obviously key to that. I think it's fantastic. Anything else you'd like uh, listeners to know about your book? I think it's just a really good, uh, if, if you haven't been exposed to mindfulness, um, the, the purpose that it was written was to give people a clear, concise, easy-to-understand statement about the basic principles relating them to the normal life of a person in Western society. That's what it was intended to do because I couldn't find a book that did that. Mm-hmm. And so if, if that kind of thing appeals to you, um, I think it would be a really good place for you to start your mindfulness journey. Fantastic. Where can people find out more about you, John? Uh, the quickest way is to go to the website, the, the book's website. My website is uh, very creatively titled, 40 Things I Wish I Told My Kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can order the book there. Okay. Uh, there's a section on mindfulness and education with a link to the Sea Change website that can give you all kinds of other information on mindfulness. Fantastic. Um, yeah. All right. Thank you so much for calling in. This has been wonderful. Great. It's been really fun. My pleasure. Have a great Thanks. day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was John Alcock talking about 40 Things I Wish I'd Told My Kids, Mindful Messages About Success, Happiness, Leather, Pickles. Yes, that is correct. And the Use and Misuse of Imagination. If you missed any part of this, it will be up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. There is a full description uh, and a summary of the book up on my show blog right now. If you uh, want to follow my show, I am on Twitter at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. And KUCI is on Twitter at KUCI-FM or on Instagram at KUCI-FM. Tumblr, blog.kuci.org, Facebook, 
awake.com, obviously, not awake, sorry, <laughs> KUCI 88.9, um, and we will take a little break, and then we'll be back in just a bit. I'm Janine, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. <laughs> 